I'm Amy Pruitt. I'm Lisa Dumas. I teach Ayurveda and yoga. I teach yoga. I'm a yoga therapist in training, and I offer transformational coaching. But that's just part of the story. We're moms, daughters, wives, and friends. We're always learning, and we've both experienced healing by what we teach. And the intention of this podcast is to offer you our favorite tools from the traditions and sciences that support us as we navigate the realities and stressors of modern life. Each week, we'll share stories, answer your questions, and talk to others who inspire us. Welcome to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. Yoga and Ayurveda to reclaim a courageous heart. Happy Friday the 13th, Amy. Oh my gosh. Is it Friday the 13th? (laughs) What are your thoughts about Friday the 13th, by the way? I have some trepidation around it, but I don't want to be like that superstitious. But then... Also, I think there's something to that. Well, this might just help you see Friday the 13th from a different lens, because probably in my younger days, I would have thought that as well. But then I met my husband and his birthday is on December 13th. So every now and again, his birthday is on a Friday the 13th. And the number 13 has actually become his lucky number. You know, that's so funny because... My husband and my first date was on Friday the 13th as well. Well, there you go. I know. And we're like happily ever after. So there's something to that. I think this is an example of choosing what we think about something. Yes. It's an example of questioning the thoughts that we have and never just taking anything for granted because it's what we've been taught, what we've been told, or what we've viewed in the culture as a whole. Because we really have to remember that we get to choose what we think. Yeah. And I think we forget that, right? Mm -hmm. That's such a good example of life being our teacher. And we have a couple of examples of life being a teacher for Amy and I in this episode. Before we get there, we do want to remind you all of our upcoming course, A Radiant Year, launching just after fall equinox. You can head to aradiantyear.com to get on the waiting list and find out more. But this is your opportunity to receive a very rich and very thoughtfully designed class in your inbox every single week created by Amy and I that will include uh, sometimes movement, meditations, visualizations, Ayurvedic concepts, journaling, opportunities for self-study and just so much more. And we will theme it with the seasons to help us stay balanced with the seasons. There's going to be lots of support for you. We're going to create a private group online, but it is an opportunity for you to build your own personalized toolbox of techniques from the combined courses and learnings and trainings that Amy and I have done in the last decade. And we are so excited to welcome you into our hopefully year-long program. You have a choice. You can choose to be with us by the month for a minimum of three months because we want you to have a chance to really get as much as possible. Or you can take the plunge and spend an entire year with us. And we have so much planned for you. I am so excited for this. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's an example For those of you who'd like to have an example of what we might teach, 
um, you can head over to our Facebook page or Instagram page and you'll find a free video that we released. You may have seen that floating around social media. And Amy and I recorded just a short um, example of what it might be like to work with us. That video is around soothing an anxious mind and body. And we just scratched the surface with some very simple practices that you can do to feel calmer in your body and your mind. This week, we thought we'd share with you some instances in our own lives where we had to pull out a few of those techniques from our toolkits. So I'll let you uh, share what's been happening for you and how you've been taking care of yourself first, Amy. I have way overscheduled myself and I am feeling that. I always think that there is about 40 hours in a day and I try to fill those up and then I'm shocked every day when I don't get everything done. And I am in that right now. I am feeling like there's not enough time and feeling that overwhelm with my schedule. And I have done this to myself and I do this to myself quite frequently. So many things that I love. So when you take on too much of the things that you love, it can be a little confusing because I'm very passionate about so many things and that are happening in my life right now. And I am living so many of my dreams but I'm not taking time to intentionally rest and it is catching up with me. And I'm feeling that flutter in my chest and that tightness maybe around the throat a little bit. And these physical sensations are clues for me that I need to intentionally do less, slow down, take care of myself, make sure that I'm eating. My eating has not been great. And that is another area where it is one of the first things to go when I find that I am overscheduling myself. So right now I am trying to double down on some of the practices that support me and keep me healthy and keep me going and keep me balanced and grounded when I have put myself in these situations of too much. One of the things is I have a scheduled bedtime right now. And that means no matter what I'm doing, no matter what's on TV, no matter what I'm interested in on the computer, that alarm goes off and I have to go to bed. So I have reverted back to having a bedtime. And if it takes the alarm on my phone to remind me because we can all get lost in our creative processes or the shows that interest us or the conversations or the socializing. But right now sleep has to be paramount. And so setting alarm on my phone has been extremely helpful that no matter what's going on, I have to put my toys away and I have to go to bed. (laughs) So even if I go begrudgingly, I have to go to bed at a regular time every night to create that routine so that my body knows what's coming so that my body can predict, okay, finally we can rest. So having a scheduled bedtime right now is super important for me and setting those reminders that I have to go to bed 
And the other practice that is really supporting me right now when I'm feeling this overwhelm is I'm doing a a self-oil massage daily. And we have talked about this before in the podcast, but it's called Abhyanga. And it's a, it's a intentional oil massage. You know, we can put oil or lotion on our skin. Most people probably do that daily and not even think about it while they're doing it. But this practice becomes almost a meditation as you are slowly putting warm oil on yourself. You are connecting to those points in your body and slowing down and methodically massaging oil into your skin and maybe showing gratitude to those parts of your body. So as you come to your shoulders, you place your hand on your shoulder and you feel the warmth of your hand and you feel the texture of the oil and you stop and maybe say thank you to your shoulders or thank you to your hands. I spend a lot of time at my knees thanking my knees for still carrying me and holding me up without complaining. And so that act of putting oil on my skin becomes this slowing down of the mind and this loving act towards my body, showing gratitude towards my body that I'm spending maybe 20 minutes just focusing on the love and care of my body. So that's another practice that I'm hardcore doing besides my regular bedtime to support this overwhelm and frantic pace that I've put myself into. That sounds so good. And I have travels coming up and I want you to know that Sandra Detwiller, the aromatherapist that we had on a few episodes ago, made me a customized massage oil so that I could do the same while I'm traveling. We talked on a previous episode that I had forgotten some massage oil when I was traveling before and traveling and getting out of our regular schedule can really make us feel out of balance. It's unbalancing for that dosha vata that we talk so much about that is prevalent at this time of year that makes us feel a little bit more scattered, more living in our thoughts and our worries and less being in our body. So I too am inspired by you and I will make sure that I am doing that in the busy days to come as I travel um, to New York for yoga therapy course and then to New York City. And then in a few days, I'll be visiting you. So as you were sharing your story about um, eating in the way that best supports you is one of the first things to go when you get really, really busy, you know, that is something that so many of us can relate to. And I've curated uh, a feed on social media that is actually quite inspiring for me. I've made it so I only get stories and pictures from people who I'm learning from or that I'm very inspired by or friends of mine that have really positive feeds. And there's another holistic nutritionist that I know who's from the Okanagan Valley here in British Columbia. Her name is Raina Dawn Lutz. L-U-T-Z or Z if you're here in Canada. Um, I spell that last name out because she's a nice one to connect with. But she created this meme and it said, you, why do I feel terrible? Body. Coffee is not a meal. Body. Eat a vegetable. Body. 
sleep. You, well, (laughs) guess I'll never know. Body, oh my God. (laughs) We get these signs and signals, but when we're living in our mind and we're living in our worries and our daily dramas, it's, it's easy not to listen. And it's also, that's where I think we have to be easier on ourselves because our culture is not designed for us to listen to our body. You know, the course that we'll be releasing, we're going to be giving you some hints on how to honor the seasons a little bit more. But one of the biggest tools for that is to give ourselves permission, you know, as these days get shorter and it gets dark a little bit earlier, to treat ourselves the same way as nature is naturally treating it, retiring a little bit earlier, you know, listening to the signals of our body. And I'm excited for that part of the program because it just can be so richly themed to the time of year. It's just been so wonderful and creative and fun to create it with you. Now, as for me, the practices that I know we'll be sharing that supported me recently have to do with emotions. We hear a lot, people talk about how it's our responsibility to process our emotions, but what does that actually mean? Um, Last week, I had a moment where I experienced anger. And anger, as we have shared before, is a tricky one. And for everyone, but it can often be even trickier for women. We grew up likely being afraid of anger, feeling that anger is incredibly inappropriate, being told that we didn't have a right to be angry, um, being told to leave the room if we were going to act that way. There's a lot of messaging in our culture that runs against being anger, being angry. And because of that, a lot of us don't know how to deal with our anger. You know, we might inappropriately vent it and then we feel horrible and we get stuck in these cycles of being angry at others and being angry at ourselves. Or we might emotionally withdraw when we feel angry. Um, We might turn to different coping mechanisms, numbing out, you know, anything but to feel this really scary and negative emotion. And I know for me that there's still a lot of learning when it comes to anger. So on this day, I could feel myself with the emotion of anger um, in relation to somebody in my family. (laughs) And then I started to notice the kind of thoughts that were arising from that anger. And it was a challenge for me to get myself out of them. I needed to have a different perspective rather than the thoughts that were available to me in the moment. And I knew that I was in a little unhelpful cycle with this individual because I have felt this kind of anger before. And I know that I just haven't processed it in a way that has been completely helpful for myself. So the first thing that I did is I took myself outside for a walk. I personally believe that when we are in the throes of an emotion, it's important to move. I like to think that emotions are meant to be fluid. They're related to the element of water. And rather than stopping them up and looking at a phone or eating them, can we get them moving? And moving my body helps me think that I'm giving them space. You know, I'm releasing them. That's how I relate to that anyway. And being out in nature always feels soothing for me. 
And it helps me to clear my head so that A, I can get out of my own personal dramas and have a little perspective. Because, you know, we know some people, there, there are people in my life right now that are going through hell. And so, as you said, turning to gratitude um, for so much of what we have is also softening for anger. But I wanted more than just to soften it and to get over it and to spiritually bypass it by going right to my meditation cushion. I wanted to really learn about why I was feeling this way. And it can be helpful to listen to a perspective other than ours. In this case, I turned to an audiobook of a, a, a really well-known psychologist who's written extensively about anger. And she has a very famous book called The Dance of Anger. Her name is Harriet Lerner. And I re-listened to the first hour of this book on an early morning walk in nature that I knew I had to take myself out on because I woke up in the morning kind of still angry about something that happened the day before. So I knew I needed to do something. And just the relief of being reminded of a different way of looking at things and being reminded of some of the additional questions of anger. You know, Amy, you and I will include questions that we can ask ourselves in the face of all of the emotions anger, there are a few questions. There are questions around resetting boundaries. There are questions around getting our needs met and what needs are not being met. But the questions that Harriet just asked me to consider on the audiobook were, okay, what are you really angry about? And how much of that anger belongs to you? You know, what is your responsibility in this? What is your part in this? And the truth was, if I was going to be super honest and vulnerable with myself, it was all on my side because what I was angry about is that this person was not doing what I would like this person to do in order for me to feel comfortable. And that happens for all of us. We resist how things really are in our lives and we can resist how people in our lives actually are. And I was in full resistance. And what part of it was mine? All of it was mine because I know that it is impossible to control another human being. It is impossible to control much. The only thing that we really can control is how we're going to show up. And I wasn't aligned with how I was showing up in the situation wasn't working for me. It wasn't feeling aligning. It was feeling uncomfortable. And I knew that there was something for me to learn. And just that on its own, releasing the other person from my anger, realizing that it was me again, that needed to find acceptance. You know, we have full We have the right to make requests of other people, but we cannot control what another person is going to say or the actions that another person takes. That's completely out of our control. And finding acceptance with other people, especially in our intimate relationships, creates so much more ease. In fact, that's one of the definitions of an intimate relationship is can I be completely me? Can you be absolutely you? Can we accept one another for who we are? And then from that moment, you know, 
do we choose? Do we choose each other? Do we choose to be in this relationship? So I came back from that walk, having reflected on the answers of my questions, knowing what I needed to do. I needed to find acceptance. I needed to find forgiveness for myself. And I needed to work with my anger and have it lead me into a productive conversation with the person that I was in conflict with, where I spelled out my needs, but I also spelled out the fact that I was no longer interested in attempting to control this person, that I only had control of myself. And it was such a harmonious conversation and things have felt quite harmonious since Mm. that moment of processing. I love the journey that you took through that emotion from the insult through the processing to coming out the other side. Yeah, it was like I took a deep breath and just did it because mm-hmm. it's not a lot of fun. <laughs> there, there are other ways that I could have spent that time. I could have brushed it aside, but I knew because I had had those thoughts and felt those emotions before that it needed tending to. And so I wanted to practice what I preach and I wanted to give myself time to move through it and feel it and learn from it mm-hmm. rather than yeah, I can relate to that. I I was thinking about one of the last times I was very angry and it was, I had been lied to by a loved one and I knew I had been lied to. I just knew in my heart that what I was being told wasn't the truth. And then I was being gaslighted or, you know, made to, or was told that I was being irrational or, or that wasn't reality and which made me even more furious. So I wasn't going to get anywhere with, with this loved one, but I had to get it out of me somehow. And I couldn't direct my anger at that person. So I had to intentionally use a practice called conscious complaining and out loud have the conversation and air my grievances, even though that person wasn't right in front of me, which can feel a little awkward the first couple times you do it, that you're speaking out loud or yelling or screaming out loud a whole conversation to a person that's not there. But moving that energy outside my body, externalizing that emotion as opposed to internalizing it and letting it fester inside my body and inside my heart, actually getting it out and saying the words out loud and speaking my truth and yelling and cursing and screaming and crying and moving that emotion out, even if there wasn't a witness to it, for me was so cathartic to then come out the other side of anger to be able to calm and cool down and know that I had been wronged and I was creating boundaries and I was making amends to myself, even though there wasn't somebody else there to make amends for me. So that practice for me was incredibly powerful and healing, even if it might have been interesting for somebody on the outside looking in to see me having these conversations or yelling and screaming to nobody there. 
Well, the interesting thing about moving through the emotion of anger is when we get to the other side, we often find that there is another emotion on the other side of that. And it can be sadness, you know, it can be fear. And similarly, my anger was triggered because a boundary was crossed, you know, a a real boundary Mm -hmm. was crossed. And so, I mean, there was a reason for a reaction, absolutely. But what I knew to be true was that I wanted to react in a different way than I have reacted before. In in a family um, with loved ones, we learn. We learn when something isn't working. And once we know better, we can do a little better. And I did realize that when I came to terms with the only person that I could control is myself, even if I so disagreed with the behavior, um, there was nothing that I could do about it because it was, it's an entirely different person other than me that I cannot control. And I cannot control if someone is going to cross uh, a big boundary. I can't control that. I can control resetting my boundary. I can state my boundaries. I can state consequences of a boundary rebroken, but that's all I can do. Other than that, I need to take care of myself. And so at the other side of anger, sometimes with loved ones, sadness arises because the grief of being hurt, you know, the the grief of hurtful behavior that affects you. And when you, when you speak of boundary crossing, when you speak of being lied to um, or, or gaslighting, you know, all of that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good at all. And it sure is an opportunity to practice staying with ourselves because we can easily move into feeling like a victim. But as soon as we feel like a victim, that makes the other person a perpetrator. And when it comes to loved ones, we we don't want to see people like that. that. That really gets the mind going in destructive ways. And we can then react in in destructive ways. So I love how you shared with us that you vented your anger. You You let it move through, but it didn't destroy anybody else's boundaries while you were doing it which is so easy to do. And it didn't scare anybody because you absolutely took your love away and you shut down and you withdrew emotionally, which is also so understandable because it can be so scary to feel anger. And we think we're doing others a favor by um, completely distancing ourselves from them so that we won't vent. But that can also be scary as well. And and then, you know, we're modeling to people around us, not being able to really um, healthfully deal with our emotions. And so it's such a wonderful time to live in when we can find ideas and inspirations in order to move through anger. And I imagine like me on the other side of your anger, it, there's sadness and because there's something mm-hmm. to release. And that is... That is the feeling of the feeling of being hurt and just the grief of feeling mm-hmm. wronged, the grief of having expectations maybe of others not met. You know, that there there's a lot of sadness yeah, in that. Definitely. Another emotion that 
will arise from time to time. That's the one thing that we can be sure of. And that's why when we experience emotions like gratitude and happiness and joy, that's the time to really feel mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah. You know, make it linger. We we feel contentment or happiness and it's just so easy to let it go and move on to the next thing, to the next item on the list or to just generally what's next. But when we are given the gift of a night where we are spending time with loved ones, eating delicious food out in nature and we feel good, soak that up soak that up because that's 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 truth right there that sort of bubbling up joy that's that's touching into the core of who we are from a yogic perspective that true nature yeah and there can be fear to feel joy you know there can be apprehension to feel into the joy because you could be living in that state of waiting for the next shoe to drop and and I don't think that we give ourselves enough opportunity to just marinate in the joy or the contentment because we are, as a society, waiting for the next tragedy, waiting for the next wrong, waiting for that joy to be fleeting. And and so there could be fear around leaning into that joy. Mm-hmm. And that is such an example of not present-centered thinking, and which is why these practices are just that, practices. The heart of so much of what we teach is learning to be right here, right now. And then when these unexpected sweet moments in life occur, and we might notice that thought of, oh, Mm -hmm. I better not be too happy in this moment. You know, this is the time in the movie right before something horrific happens. you know, we're taught that that's, that's kind of in the collective consciousness to wait for that other shoe to drop. However, I believe it is um, a beautiful practice in every moment to cultivate witnessing and observing and really feeling and experiencing the fullness of each moment. And the positive about processing an emotion and allowing yourself to feel it and learn from it is that it becomes easier to really feel that deep joy and gratitude when it does arise. And I like to follow the wisdom of Rick Hansen, who wrote the book, Hardwiring Happiness. I've talked about it here. It is a practice of mine when something sweet happens to breathe it in and imagine that I could fill up my entire body with the feeling of happiness and just be so grateful for happiness when it comes to visit because we know that it doesn't last forever, but we can stay with it a little bit longer before we jump in to the next thing. All right. Head to our Facebook page, head to our Instagram page, Head to our websites and irradiantyear.com to find out about um, spending a few months or a year with us to find out about where we're teaching next. And we so appreciate the reviews that you're leaving for us. And it really helps us if you do leave a review and subscribe to this podcast. See you next week. See you next week. Love ya. Love you. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Warrior Podcast. 
If you found it valuable, please leave us a positive review to help others find it. And please check out the Radiant Warrior podcast on Instagram and Facebook to leave us your questions and find out where you can come and practice with us next.